heart I feel. And so if you would all turn your attentions to 2 Peter 2. We're going to read a passage just 1 through 9. Verse 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with fiend words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to preserve unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds verse 9 says the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished and with the help of the Lord today, I'm going to speak on this thought, the vexation of Lot. The vexation of Lot. So there's quite a bit of information here in 2 Peter 2, but there's one thing I want to get across here. The word in verse 7 and 8 has the same word twice. The word vexed, him saying vexed by the filthy conversation to the wicked. And he was vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. But there's something I noticed in scripture is that those two words vexed in that passage have two different Greek word, Greek meanings. In verse 7, the Bible saying vexed with the filthy conversation to the wicked. The Greek word for that is katoponeo, which means to be oppressed. He was oppressed from the filthy conversations of the wicked. But then in verse 8, it says the Greek word for vexed there is basanizo, which means to be tormented. You see, today with the help of the Lord, we're going to dive into what vexation is and the difference between a vexation that will just mess up your, the vexation that will just oppress you. But then we're going to dive a little deeper into Lot's life and talk about a vexation that attacks your righteous soul. It'll torment you. But in order to properly understand what happened a lot in Scripture, we need to take a step back and see what decision Lot made in order to start this process of vexation. You see, Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Abram at the time. Abram, y'all may be seated, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm just a rookie. God bless me. But Lot was the nephew of Abraham, Abram at the time. Now, Abram was God's right-hand man, if you will. Abram was living under the blessing of the Lord. 
And Abram and Lot were very close, not only relatives, but dear friends to each other. You see, Lot, the Bible says, Abraham had much He was very wealthy and blessed by the Lord. He was in covenant with God. God had aligned his steps. God told him, I'm going to bless your generations to come. Anybody who's connected to you relatively or generations or in your lineage is going to be blessed by me. I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. And Lot just mixed into this place because Lot and Abram were so close. Lot was living under the blessing of Abraham, under the blessing of God's favor in Abraham's life. They lived amongst the same land together. They dwelled and, 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 and possessed the same area together. He was living under the blessing of Abraham. But there's something that takes place where Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen just, just start to bicker a little bit. They start to argue a bit. They start to to not want to be as close to each other. No hard feelings there. Abram and Lot are still dear friends. So the Bible tells us that they went and met between Bethel and Hai. And he said, look, our herdsmen are fighting. What if instead of being next door to each other, what if you move down the street? Look Look at all that the Lord given us. Look at all the possessions the Lord has given us. Why do you got to live next door to me when you can just live right down the street? No hard feelings. It's all good. So that's what he does. They, Abraham and Lot step up between Bethel and Hai and look over everything God had given them. And Abraham says, Lot, how about this? Being generous. He said, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go forward, I'll I'll go backwards, vice versa. So the Bible says in Genesis 13, verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and separated themselves the one from another. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And placed his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. You see Lot would look out of all the blessing of the Lord in his life. And he would choose the plains of Jordan because it seemed to be well watered. Something had to have caught his eye. It wasn't just the water. I mean, the Bible indi- indicates that. But, but maybe the sky was just a little bluer, brother of all. Maybe the grass was just a little greener. Maybe the cattle were a little healthier. But something caught the eye of Mr. Lot. But the problem that Lot ran into is that he would pack his bags and take himself and his family on the outskirts of Sodom. You see, he knew that Sodom was known to be a wicked place. 
He knew that Sodom and the land of Sodom was wicked and full of sinners. He knew that anybody who's righteous should not live in Sodom. But, but Lot made the decision, then that's where I'm going to go. And in that very decision that Lot made right there would change his life forever. And the process of vexation would begin to creep into his life. But like I said before, Mr. Lot had an uncle by the name of Abraham. And although the sin was heavy and exceeding in Sodom, Abraham would begin to intercede for that city. No hard feelings. It wasn't that he was attracted to that wicked city. It wasn't that he was connected to that wicked city. But Abram had some loved ones there. Abram had somebody who, who he loved and some family there that he didn't want to see perish when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He had a reason to intercede. So Abraham, I'm sure he thought, I've got this covered. I know how I can save my family. I know my nephew Lot's righteous. That he was. The Bible tells you he's righteous. So he would say, God, as you know, he's close to God. He'd say, God, if there are just 50 righteous among the land, would you save the city? Yes, I'd save the city for 50 righteous. Well, God, what's five? If there are just 45 righteous among the city, would you save the city? Yes, for 50 righteous, I'd save the, For 45 righteous, I'd save the city. 40, God. Yes, for 40, I'd save the city. 30, God. Yes, for 30, I'd save the city. How about 20? Yes, for 20, I'd save the city. Then he stopped at the number. Maybe God just, what about 10? I know I'm pushing it a bit, but what are just about 10 righteous? If there were 10 righteous, would you save the city? Say, yes, I'd save the city for 10 righteous. But that 10 satisfied Abraham, because as Abraham knew that he had family there who was righteous, Lot was a righteous man. And so 10, there had to have been 10. Lot's there, he, he'll, he'll do a work, he's got family there, it's got to equal somewhere around 10, it's going to work out great. You see, but he must not have seen Lot in quite a while. He must have not known what life was becoming like for Lot. Abraham once knew a very strong, righteous man, and now Mr. Olot was dealing with some vexation. That a vexation that was reaching his righteous soul, that was affecting his righteousness. I just can't move on without reminding you that you should thank God for the Abram in your life. I thank God for the Abram in my life. The one who's willing to go to God for your salvation. You ought to thank God for your Abraham. My God, I will never forget the Abram in my life. I remember as a young boy, I would walk out of that bedroom door at my grandmother's house. And I would walk through that door and I would see a light on the door frame around me. And every once in a while, I would put my ear up to that door. And I would just listen as my grandmother would speak in tongues. I was a troubled teenager. I didn't know who God was. I didn't know what speaking in tongues was. But as I would listen every so often, I would hear my name. And she would say things like, God, he's going to serve you all the days of his life. She would say things like, God, fill him with the Holy Ghost. She would say things like, God, he's going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. 
I will never forget the Abram in my life. I couldn't stand behind this pulpit and preach to you if it wasn't for an Abram who would go to God for my salvation. My grandmother would stand in the gap between me and hell, and she would say, devil, you have no authority. Devil, you have no grip. Devil, he will serve the Lord. If you serve God your whole life, you got to thank God for a mom and dad who said, I'm going to serve the Lord. Thank God for your Abram. Amen. So with that being said, the angels of the Lord, would, God would send two angels of the Lord down into Sodom. And when they would reach down into Sodom, they would go through the front, day, front gate, and there would be somebody who would meet them at the door. Mr. Lot. The Bible says he would bow down and worship them, and he would say, Would y'all want to come and live and, and spend the night in my house? We'll break bread together. I'll wash your feet. I'll give you a place to rest your head. The angel of the Lord would reply and say, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to dwell in the streets of Sodom all night. But old Abraham, who was beginning to be vexed by the world around him, had better plans. He'd say, no. The Bible says he pressed them. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't do that. Come into my house. I've got, I've got something for you. Vexation will tell you that your plans are better than God's. Your plans aren't better than God's. So little old, so Lot would bring the angel of the Lord down into his house. And as he was there, they would, he would give him a meal and he would, he would wash their feet. And the Bible says, as they began to lay their head on their pillow, there came a rumble from outside. The Bible says the old men and young men we're at the door of Lot, wanting to find out who his guests were. So the Bible says that Lot would walk out the door and close it behind him. And he would stand before the men of Sodom. And he would make a decision that none of us in this room could understand how he could be righteous with the decision that he made. He would look at the men of Sodom and say, why don't you spare these two men and I'd give you my two virgin daughters. Nobody in their right mind who's righteous would, would offer such a thing. I struggle with that thought. But the Bible says that the men of Sodom grew angry and told Lot that I'm going to do worse with you than I'm going to do your friends. They were a wicked people. And the Bible says that they would push Lot up against the door. And the two angels of the Lord would open up the door, bring Saul back into the house, and then they would cast blindness on the men of Sodom. To where they couldn't see, they couldn't get anywhere, and they would soon just wear themselves out. My God. It's that vexation. If Lot would have just listened, Brother Brian... So when God said they're going to dwell in the city, but if he would have just listened there, he wouldn't have been in the situation that he was in now. But in Lot's vexation of his soul, he began to think that his decisions were better than God's. The next day, 
The angel of the Lord would reach out to Lot again and say, Lot, do you have any family that lives in the city of Sodom that you want to be saved, that you want to get about? You need to go and tell them to flee because we're going to burn this city down. And in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 14, the Bible says, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters and set up, Get out of this place, for the Lord would destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They thought he was joking. You see, that's what happens when God's not talked about in your home. That's what happens when God is just a Sunday and Wednesday kind of thing. That's what happens when there's no grounding in the word of God in your home. Your kids start to think the things of God is a joke. Well, mama saved the praying for Sunday. Daddy saved the testimony for Wednesday. We don't talk about God here. It's a joke to us. My God in heaven. But I've come to let somebody know that you need to be talking about Jesus in your home. I need a partner with some mom and dads that say, I'm going to serve the Lord in my home. Let my God in heaven. Let me, under, let me tell you what happens if this doesn't take place. Right? The, the, when the Bible delivers Lot, when God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, he delivers Lot, his wife, and his two virgin daughters. The rest of his kids do not come. You understand? It's a salvation thing. You've got to invest in your children in their salvation. We, as the leaders of this church, only have about four hours a week to pour into your children. About a couple hours on Sunday and a couple hours on Wednesday. It's not enough. I wonder if I've got some mom and dads that say, my family's going to serve the Lord on Monday and Tuesday, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. My God, my God, my God. I wonder if I've got some moms and dads that said, we're going to do Bible studies in our home. We're going to pray in our home. We're going to fast in our home. My kids are going to prophesy in my home. They're going to speak in tongues in my home. It's a salvation issue. We need some mom and dads to say, as for me and my we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the morning arose. And the angel of the Lord would come back to Lot. <laughs> and say, Lot, you need to get out of the city. Genesis Chapter 19, verse 15. And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 16 says, And while he lingered, the men laid up 
laid, a, laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. And Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. How many times does God got to tell you to get out of your mess before he's got to drag you out? You ought to thank God for his mercy. You ought to thank God for his mercy because you don't deserve anything he's given to you. You should be burned with the rest of Sodom and Gomorrah. But his mercy which dwells among me, a God who is rich in mercy. I thank God for his mercy. How many times is the man of God going to step up in this pulpit and tell you that alcohol would destroy your marriage before you start listening? How many times is the man of God going to come up here and tell you that drugs would destroy your family before you start listening? Young person, how many times is the preacher going to come up here and tell you who you hang out with matters before you start listening? My God, my God, you thank God for his mercy. Because one thing that old Lot lacked, it was the fear of the Lord. He had, he, he, God was merciful. He drug him out. And mercy says, if you make a mistake and you repent, God will forgive you and it's washed in his blood. Amen. But you don't get mercy when you linger. You just, we, we think that we can just, we can just sin and God forgive me and just keep going that sin. We just think we can linger in it, but just say, God forgive me. And you're right, he will forgive you unless you linger. Lingering that you burn with Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> God. Sodom and Gomorrah has a glimpse of mercy and a glimpse of what hell will be like. Those people burned in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. But the worst thing about Sodom and Gomorrah representing hell, you know, it's bad that, that there'll be flames all across your body in hell. It's bad that there'll be gnashing of teeth. And you'll hear the groan and crying of the, of the dead. That's not the worst part. The worst part about, about hell is that you're distanced from God. The worst part about hell is you're disconnected from God. My God, my God. Brought him out to the city. Brought him out where he lingered. I thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. I don't deserve it, but he gives it anyways. I don't deserve it, but he gives it anyways. His blood that was shed on Calvary washes my sins whole. But I should dwell and die in the city of Sodom. But my God who is rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Thank God for his mercy. The problem with vexation is that when you leave the city, is that say the vexation sticks with you. God had brought him out of his mess. God delivered him out of it. But yet it still was with him. My God in heaven. The Bible says that he, as he left the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, God had delivered him. He said, run to the hills. 
an old lot, vexed from the world around him, would say, no, God, let me go and dwell in Zoar. That's where I want to take my family. How many times does God got to drag you out of your mess, bring you out from hell, and you, before you start realizing that you can trust him? How many times God got to drag you out of your mess before you realize his plans are better than yours? He's dragged you out of hell, Lot, and you're still questioning him. Why? It's the vexation. It's the torment of his righteous soul. And on the way up, Lot and his wife and his two virgin daughters were on the way to the hills. And as they're approaching the hills, when God intended him to not look back, Lot's wife decided she was going to look back. And the Bible says that when she looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. There's a glimpse of repentance in that. The Bible says repentance is to turn away from sin, to not look back. God said, run to the hills. You don't want to look back. Don't look back on what you lost. You've only gained. What makes you think if God's delivered you from alcoholism that you should just go look at the bar to see what it's looking like these days? What in your right mind tells you that you, that, that when God's delivered you from drugs that you should hang out with friends who smoke drugs? What makes sense to you about that? It's true repentance. Flee from sin. Run, get as far away as you can. Don't look back. When you look back, you go right back into the mess you once lost. We've got to flee from sin. Musicians, if you could make your way to the front. I'm wrapping up. You see, vexation is something that just doesn't last for a season. It lasts for a long time. Lot lost everything from that very decision that I'm going to place my family in Sodom, knowing it was a wicked place. Lot lost his children. Lot lost his wife. He lost his wealth. He lost everything. I've come to the conclusion that, that if Lot if God wouldn't have brought, if Lot would have stayed lingering in Sodom, his family would have stayed there too. That's a message to men from some dads today. You're the head of your household. If you linger in sin, your kids are going to linger in sin. If you, if you linger in sin, your wife's bound to be lingering in sin. I want some dads today to say, you know what? I'm not going to dwell in sin any longer. I'm going to take out. I'm not going to let my family die in the rest of Sodom. I'm going to lead my family under the unction of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to lead my family under the authority of God in Jesus' name. But in the beginning, if we'll stand. In the beginning of this passage of Scripture, we talked about Abraham and Lot and how they went in between Bethel and Hai. And Abraham and, and Lot chose amongst the place he wanted to stay. He chose that I want to go over near Sodom.
But in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 27, the Bible says, And Abram got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. What was once plenteous water, what was once green grass, what was once would catch anybody's eye with healthy cattle and blue skies was now lit up like a furnace. And that's what vexation does. Vexation steps into your life. And what seems just innocent in a good decision destroys your life forever. It's tormenting. It oppresses you. <laughs> I'm going to open up these altars. I know I didn't preach long, but I feel the Lord has released me. Do I have an Abram today who's been dealing with some vexation who wants to step on down? Maybe the world around you is oppressing you and pulling you and weighing on you, and you need a touch from the Lord. Come on down and receive the blessing of the Lord. Do I have a Lot's wife today? who's looking back at what everything she lost and not really knowing what repentance really is. Why don't you come on down and receive the blessing of the Lord today? Do I have a mom and a dad who wants to bring their children and make a new covenant with God today? That as for you and your children, you're going to serve the Lord. You're going to do some Bible studies. You're going to pray together. My God. Do I have any Abrams in the house of God today who's got some family members that don't serve God? Who's got some loved ones lingering in sin? Why don't you come on down right now and begin to intercede for your loved one? God's going to touch them in the name of Jesus. God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. Anybody battling a sin issue today and needs a touch from God? Today is the day. If you're reaching for the Holy Ghost today, God will fill you. If you want to choose to be baptized in the only saving name given among men, God will do it for you today. Lord, I'm tired of the oppression. Lord, I'm tired of the torment that sin has on me. Cleanse me, oh God. Remind me that I trust you in your plans.
Thank you. 